We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 428 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. And then there were six. Uh, We now have six teams in the NFC at three and four in this 2022 NFL regular season. The Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Yes, the Bears, uh, they on Monday night became the latest NFC team to get to 3-4, and four, a 33-14 win at the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. The Pats, by the way, now also are 3-4, and four, but how about that? 33 points from the Bears on Monday night. Does that not put a different spin on the Commanders holding the Bears to just seven points in the Commanders' 12-7 win at the Bears on Thursday Night Football in week six. But anyway, the Commanders now one of six teams in the NFC at three and four. Each team is a half game behind the Los Angeles Rams for seventh in the NFC. And of course, you could argue that we shouldn't even be talking about the standings until our Commanders get to 500. And boy, did that quest get a whole lot more interesting on Monday. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast or show for which there's a new episode every weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. You with this podcast never have to guess, never have to wonder when a new episode might be coming out. No, you know. Uh, the three and four commanders are at the three, three, and one Indianapolis Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425, and the Colts are going to have a new starting quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Stunning announcement on Monday from Colts head coach and former Maryland quarterback Frank Reich. Uh, If I would have told you a week ago that a quarterback named Sam would be a starter for the Commanders game at the Colts in week eight, you probably would have thought, hey, Sam Howell. But oh no, the Sam is Sam Ellinger. Uh, Coming up, on the show, I will address this from a variety of angles, including how this now, once and for all, buries the notion that the Colts were so much better off with Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback as compared to with Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. Uh, and so we will not have Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan. No, we instead will have Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. Who knew? Uh, speaking of Taylor, I have a lot for you on the show off his wild performance in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. We, on Monday morning, had the day after the game Zoom press conference of Commander's head coach Rod Rivera. He got asked about a potential quarterback controversy. (laughs) Yeah, one day after one game for Taylor Heineke in this 2022 NFL regular season. We already had a question about a potential quarterback controversy, but Taylor versus Carson, uh, Ron's answer was telling. We shall discuss. Uh, Next segment, I will examine the commander's two-game winning streak. Is it the start of yet another mid-to-late-season run for Washington? Is our team, again, doing what our team has done quite a few times 
in its recent history. Uh, I also have a lot for you from Rod Rivera on Monday morning, including good stuff from him on the commander's running back situation and on the commander's defense. Also on the show, talk Capitals. Good win for the Caps on Monday night, a 6-3 win at the New Jersey Devils in game one of a four-game road trip. We had yet another milestone goal for forward Alex Ovechkin, and that goal was part of an excellent night for the Caps on special teams. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from a good friend of the Al Galdi podcast, Howard Gutman. The former United States ambassador to Belgium writes Howard regarding the commander's defense. They changed the defensive line coach and all changed. Only person who could stop Montez Sweat was our former coach. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, ambassador. You know, it is impossible to ignore that the commander's defensive line has been great this season. And this does come off Rod Rivera having fired defensive line coach Sam Mills III and promoted assistant defensive line coach Jeff Scanita to defensive line coach. Uh, Those changes were made on August 9th, well into training camp. The timing was unusual, but players were not fans of Sam Mills III, and this does seem to have been changed for the better. And let's also throw into the mix the hiring of Ryan Kerrigan as assistant defensive line coach. That was made official on September 5th. Two very late changes to the coaching staff, but these changes do very much appear to have been for the better. Email from Michael Carr of something that I said on the podcast last week and then something that Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Tanya Snyder said on Sunday. Writes Michael, hey Al, love the show. Thank you, Michael. Continues Michael. Just wanted your thoughts on the whole homecoming vibe and the balance between Redskins and Commander's tradition. I know you threw out the what if last week about going back to Redskins and then Tanya over the weekend says out loud, hail to the Redskins. Seems like more and more people are starting to say Redskins again across TV and Twitter and this incident along with Jim Ursay's Redskins comment. Why change the name if it is supposedly a slur and then keep saying the name just go back already uh thank you for the email michael uh so yeah just to reset on last wednesday's show episode 424 threw out the idea the dream scenario for some of the commanders not only getting a new owner with the ouster of dan snyder but then the new owner going back to the name Redskins. And I wasn't reporting anything. I was just pondering and having some fun. And it's funny how things work. I ended up getting like a bunch of tweets of what I said. But yeah, we last week did also have Indianapolis Colts owner and CEO Jim Ursay saying Redskins when referring to the possibility of Dan Snyder being ousted. Quote, I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins, end quote. And then we had what we had with Tanya Snyder on Sunday. Her on a stage at FedEx Field during one of the team's alumni homecoming events saying, quote, hail to the Redskins and let's beat Green Bay, end quote. She did not say hail to the Commanders and let's beat Green Bay. She said hail to the Redskins and let's beat Green Bay. Now, let me make this clear. I do not believe that the Commanders are going back to the name Redskins, even if the team gets a new owner. However, what I think is interesting is this. People keep saying the name Redskins, whether these people mean to say the name or not. And so what does that tell you? Let's think about this, that people either intentionally or unintentionally keep saying the name Redskins. What does that say? What it says to me is that the name isn't nearly the slam dunk, no doubt, horrible, awful word that some non-Native Americans so want the word to be. Now, I will always defer to Native Americans on the name Redskins. The opinions of Native Americans, one of the most marginalized groups in this country, are the opinions that truly matter in this conversation. But if the name Redskins truly was so bad and so terrible, Then more than two years removed from the retirement of the name in July 2020, people would no longer be saying the name because as time went on, people would have come to realize that the name was in fact a no doubt horrible, awful word. But no, as time has gone on, it almost feels like the opposite has happened. We're hearing the name as much now as we heard it two years ago. 
And this does speak to what I have always felt about the name debate. It is a complicated gray area issue on which reasonable people can disagree. The name Redskins isn't an obviously offensive, no doubt, horrible, awful name. That's a big part of why the debate went on for years and years and years. I'm not going to reignite the whole debate right now, but this has never been a clear, one-sided issue. And that's why when people have comped Redskins to the N-word, I've wanted to like scream. That is such a bad analogy. That is such a flawed analogy. I mean, think about this. Jim Irsay last Tuesday afternoon said the word Redskins. Imagine if he had said the N-word. He would already be out as cold sonar. But instead he said Redskins and like nobody blinked an eye. Redskins is not the same as the N-word. The only way that I could ever see Redskins being brought back as the name of the team is this scenario, okay? Dan Snyder is ousted. And the new majority owner of the team is a super rich and charismatic man or woman of legitimate and substantial Native American descent who advocates strongly for the name to be Redskins again. Under that scenario, then maybe, possibly, the name of the team could be Redskins again. Not that one person of Native American descent would speak for all people of Native American descent, but there are many, maybe even a majority of Native Americans who liked the name Redskins. There is data to back that up. And if you got as a new owner of the team, someone with a legitimate and substantial Native American background, not someone who's like 0.13% Native American, okay, but a person of legitimate and substantial Native American descent who articulated the argument for the name Redskins well, which is something, by the way, that Dan Snyder never did, then maybe possibly going back to the name Redskins would be doable. But even then, you would be talking about a big-time uphill climb. Well, buying a home right now is an uphill climb if you do not have a good real estate agent, but the thing is, now's actually a good time to buy a home. Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory, and that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices, and remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will. And so if you are interested in buying a home in the D.C. area, if someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the Washington, D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture of the area. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want, no matter your age, family situation, or financial situation. Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yeah, you the buyer, get a piece of the action. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell.com. Close it with Kell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the easiest thing in the world is to declare that something is taking place after it becomes obvious that that something is taking place. Uh, What's a lot more difficult and what is a lot more impressive is to figure out that something is taking place before it becomes obvious that the something is taking place. And so I ask you, is Washington right now in the midst of yet another mid to late season run, or is the team's current two-game winning streak a mere blip on the radar of an otherwise dreadful season? 
You know the deal with Washington. Ain't no NFL team that has done mid to late season runs like our team. Each of the team's last five playoff seasons has featured the team rallying in the regular season in a major way. Uh, 2005, the Redskins went from 5-6 and six to 10-6. and six. 2007, the Skins went from 5-7 and seven to 9-7. and seven. 2012, the Skins went from 3-6 and six to 10-6. and six. 2015, the Skins went from 5-7 and seven to 9-7. and seven. 2020, the Washington football team went from 2-7 and seven to 7-9. and nine. Well, the 2022 Commanders now have gone from 1-4 to 3-4. So what is this? Is this the start of a run? Or is this an overall meaningless winning streak? I mean, after all, the 2021 Washington football team went from 2-6 to 6-6, but then went from 6-6 to 6-10 and and finished the 2021 regular season 7-10. We on Monday morning had the day after the game Zoom press conference for Commanders head coach Ron Rivera of the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. This was Ron on if he feels like the 2022 Commanders are coming together and on if perhaps Washington is in the midst of yet another mid to late season run. I think it's about the experience. I think as our guys get more and more experience and more and more playing time, you know, if you look at how we're built right now and you look at how young the the, the roster is compared to how it was our first year um, and even last year, you'll see we have a lot more guys that that, that are from, you know, the last three drafts uh, on the on the roster. And, and now it's just a matter of them maturing as football players. Well, it actually had been a while since we had heard Ron Rivera reference the commanders playing younger players, but we did get a good bit of that on Monday morning. Look, I don't blame anyone who's listening to this right now who does not believe that this two-game winning streak for the commanders is indicative of yet another mid-to-late season run for the franchise. There is still a lot to be concerned about with the team. I mean, just know this, the commanders' three wins in the 2022 regular season have come by a total of just 13 points, while the Commanders' four losses in the 2022 regular season have come by a total of 44 points. However, if you do want to be optimistic, if you want to have hope, if you want to have reason for good feeling, uh, here are two things to keep in mind about this two-game winning streak for the Commanders potentially being the start of another mid-to-late season run for the franchise. Uh, Number one, the Commanders' defense right now is playing very well. The plan for the 2021 Washington football team was for the defense to lead the way. Uh, Well, that did not happen. Uh, The defense ended up being a big disappointment. But maybe, just maybe, this 2022 commander's defense is good enough to lead the way. And as we know, an NFL team with a truly good defense is going to be in just about every game. Number two, the commanders are poised to get back a number of key players in the coming weeks if not days. Uh, Receiver Jahan Dotson, tight end Logan Thomas, right tackle, or should I say right guard Samuel Cosby, and edge defender Chase Young. All of those guys could be back for the team sooner rather than later. Heck, it's possible that the majority of those guys will be back for the team's next game, uh, which is at the 3-3-1 Indianapolis Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425. Uh, We on Monday afternoon, by the way, got word from Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington that Rod Rivera had told J.P. that it was, quote, more than likely, end quote, that the Commanders will start Chase Young's 21-day practice window on Wednesday, although Ron also told J.P. that there was a, quote, very slim, end quote, chance that Chase will play at the Colts. But the Commander's two-game winning streak has come despite all of these guys having been out for these two games, talking about Jahan Dodson and Logan Thomas and Samuel Cosme and Chase Young. How much better might the commanders be once those players are playing again? Here was Ron Rivera on Monday morning on a particular phenomenon that's going on with the commanders and them having gone from 1-4 and four to 3-4. and four. 
Well, I, I think it, it, it speaks well to the resilience of our guys is that, you know, just keep pounding away, keep plugging away, keep learning, growing, developing, keep helping the young guys to grow. Um, and and, 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 and in, in both those guys' case, both Jonathan and, and Terry, those are guys that want to be at the forefront. Those are guys that want, you know, the play to come to them, whether it's Terry, you know, doing what he did on the, you know, in, in the fourth quarter or doing what he did in the third quarter with the, with the catch for the touchdown or simply looking at Jonathan and just the way he's stout up front and, and just wants that ball run in his area. Th- these guys set the tone and tempo and the young guys are feeding off of it. I mean, you watch the way with the defensive line, how Durant is stepping up, feeding off of Jonathan's air energy. And then you see how it affects Montez and, and then how it affects Cole all the way to camp. And, and then you look on the offensive side and, and Terry stepping up, making plays and then Curtis is making plays and you get some energy and then the running game starts starts going all those things work together in concert you know and then again i can't say enough about this play of special teams uh, you know with antonio wanting to be back there and you know returning the the first kickoffs to the 30 yard line um you know and then you know our coverage the last two weeks on punt has resulted in takeaways and and those are things that that as a team if you continue to work on and continue to focus on creates opportunities in games Yes, it does. Uh, You know, there was such a downtrodden, melancholy, depressing nature to this commander season at one and four, especially with everything going on off the field. At least now there is some energy, some juice to the season, even though, as I talked about on Monday's show, episode 427, it may be that what is in the best long-term interest of the Commanders is them losing this season, not winning this season, because until the team gets a franchise quarterback, nothing else matters. And this upcoming 2023 NFL draft is set up to be a quarterback-rich draft. Uh, I had one and four said that I wanted one or two things for the Commanders the rest of this season. Them to either go on a great run or them to lose a bunch of games. The middle will do us no good. I recognize that the Commanders' last two games, the 12-7 win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football in Week 6 and the 23-21 win over the Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon, have been two, shall we say, less than ultra-impressive wins. Uh, Heck, the win at the Bears felt like a loss, okay? But I will say this, the win over the Packers did not feel like a loss. Uh, That win did feel like a win. The kind of win upon which the commanders maybe, possibly, can build. But if this win over the Packers is going to prove to be a win on which the commanders build, if this two-game winning streak for the commanders really, truly is the start of another mid-to-late season run for the team, then the team's offense has got to get going. Did we start to see that in the win over the Packers? More on that right now. So the pro football focus stats for Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon are in. And boy, do the PFF stats tell us quite a tale. Uh, As you probably know, uh, Taylor in the game got off to a horrendous start and then was quite good. Uh, Taylor began the game just 1-7 for just 18 yards, no touchdowns and a pick six. But Taylor over the rest of the game went 19 of 26 for 183 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. And further illuminating all of that is some data from PFF. So Taylor in the first half for Pro Football Focus registered the following stats. An overall grade of just 20.4 PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Zero big-time throws and five turnover-worthy plays. Taylor, in the second half for PFF, registered the following stats. Overall grade of 86.8, two big-time throws, and zero turnover-worthy plays. The discrepancy between the Taylor Heineke, who we saw over the first 17 minutes of the game, and the Taylor Heineke, who we saw over the final 43 minutes of the game, was about as wide of a gap as you will ever see for a quarterback in an NFL game. I mean, if someone asks you, did Taylor play well on Sunday? Uh, The answer is no and yes. 
The answer is it's complicated. But how about this question? And honestly, this may be the only question that truly matters regarding Taylor Heineke right now. Was Taylor on Sunday afternoon better than Carson Wentz would have been for the Commanders on Sunday afternoon? Uh, Taylor's performance was Carson-esque in terms of the overall roller coaster nature. Uh, I still do believe that, generally speaking, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke is. But as I talked about on the podcast last week, for this commander's team this season, given the offensive line issues, given Taylor's mobility, given Taylor's knowledge of offensive coordinator Scott Turner's offense, it's not unreasonable to say that Taylor is the best option for the commanders at quarterback right now. And yes, that is an indictment, of course, and when you consider what the commanders gave up to the Indianapolis Colts via trade for Carson this past March, and when you consider that Carson for this season has a salary cap hit of $28.3 million, Taylor's cap hit for this season is just $3.63 million. But Carson, in this 2022 regular season, has only played well in three of six games. Uh, The win over the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field in Week 1, the loss at the Detroit Lions in Week 2, and the loss to the Tennessee Titans at FedEx Field in Week 5. And Carson, in that loss at the Lions, was really bad in the first half. He was a lot better in the second half. Uh, Now, as we have discussed, not all of Carson's struggles have been Carson's fault. The offensive line play has not been good although the line has been better over the last two games now. Uh, But Commander's pass catchers have not done a great job of getting open throughout the season. Uh, Scott Turner has not had a great season of scheming up the offense and calling plays. And, you know, you do have to wonder, hey, with maybe a little more time, might Carson become more comfortable in a situation and really start to play well? But you know what? Even factoring in all of these things, Carson played poorly in three of his last four games before being out now with this fractured finger on his right hand. The commanders this past Saturday placed Carson on the reserve injured list. Uh, Consider this with Taylor Heineke in the win over the Packers. He quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7 of 16 on third downs. And this happened against a Packers defense that through week six was number one in the NFL, in lowest opponents third down efficiency for the 2022 regular season. And the commanders over their previous two games had gone a combined three of 22 on third downs. So Taylor in the win over the Packers in quarterbacking a commander's offense that over its last two games had been wretched on third downs and in facing the number one third down defense in the NFL, quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7-16 on third downs. I'm not one for making grand proclamations off one game, but geez, if that doesn't speak to this commander's team this season, possibly being better off with Taylor Heineke at quarterback as opposed to with Carson Wentz, I don't know what does. And so consider the following. The final exchange during head coach Ron Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday morning. The exchange was between Commander's Insider Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington and Ron. If Taylor proves to be, you know, the, the effective quarterback for you all and grabs his starting job in the coming weeks, uh-huh. will there be like a little bit of conflict almost knowing what you invested in Carson and, and maybe having Taylor prove to be the more successful guy? Not necessarily. I think this is about playing one game at a time, focusing on one game at a time. And when we get to that position, then I'll then I'll deal with it. Okay, so a lot to take in with that exchange. Uh, first of all, how great is it? <laughs> how so Washington, D.C. is it that one game into Carson Wentz's absence, a game in which his replacement was hideous over the first quarter and change, we already have a question about a potential quarterback controversy. Like, how great is that? And understand, I'm not knocking Pete Haley for that question. That was an interesting, thought-provoking question. But boy, no city does quarterback controversies like our city. (laughs) So there is that aspect of the exchange. But there's also Ron's answer. And, you know, Ron's answer wasn't some inflammatory answer, but Ron's answer did leave open the possibility of Taylor Heineke, if he plays well, being 
the commander starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And by the way, that should be the approach. The commanders owe Carson Wentz nothing, both figuratively and literally. As you likely know, they can cut him this offseason without incurring any salary cap dead money. But what you did not get from Rod Rivera in that answer was, hey guys, Carson is our QB1. And as soon as he's healthy, he's our starting quarterback again. Oh, no, 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 no. What you got was, quote, I think this is about playing one game at a time, focusing on one game at a time. And when we get to that position, then I'll deal with it. End quote. Well, deal with it how? Deal with it in what way? Rod Rivera's answer right there was confirmation of what I believe should be the case and what we now know is the case. If Taylor Heineke plays well in place of Carson Wentz, then Taylor Heineke will remain as the commander's starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Now, beyond this season, different conversation. But for this team this season, it is possible that Carson has taken his last snap, especially when you factor in that if Taylor ends up struggling, the commander season likely will be over from a postseason contention standpoint. And so playing Sam Howell at that point would make the most sense. Now look, Taylor Heineke could get injured. Sam Howell could really struggle and or get injured. And we could see Carson Wentz play again this season. So I'm not trying to bury Carson Wentz playing again the rest of this season, but that was a telling response from Rod Rivera on Monday morning. Well, the response from any law firm that you go with should be for that law firm to truly fight for you and to win for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace because no law firm will fight for you and win for you better than Paulson and Nace will. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611, and when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Heck, back in July, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly one point. $8 million. Uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Uh, you may have read about this. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government at one. Uh, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. All right, I want to say a few things about the change at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, three and four commanders at the three, three, and one Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425. And Colts head coach and former Maryland quarterback Frank Reich on Monday. Uh, shocking announcement. The Colts are benching Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger. And Reich said that, quote, right now, the move is for Sam to be the starter for the rest of the season, end quote. Now, Matt Ryan does have a grade two shoulder separation, but make no mistake, this is a benching, not an injury-induced change. Uh, Ryan, by the way, will be inactive for the commander's game at the Colts, and Nick Foles will be the Colts' backup quarterback. Interesting, right, that Frank Reich is going with Sam Ellinger and not Nick Foles. Uh, Sam Ellinger has never started an NFL regular season game. The Colts took him in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft at Texas. Uh, the Colts are on the hook for money for Matt Ryan 
beyond this season. Say what you want about our guy, the Colts starting quarterback from last season, Carson Wentz, but the commanders this offseason can cut Carson without taking on any salary cap dead money. That is not the case for the Colts with Matt Ryan. But there are two other things about the benching of Matt Ryan that really stand out to me for our purposes. Uh, First of all, so much for the take that the Colts were so much better off with Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. And the perpetrator of this take more than anyone was the Colts owner and CEO, Jim Irsay, who, by the way, appears to have been very involved in this decision to bench Matt Ryan. But Jim Irsay during the offseason would not stop telling people, right, about how great of a leader Matt Ryan is and how he was so what the Colts needed. And the subcommunication always was that Matt Ryan is what Carson Wentz is not. Well, here we are. It's not even Halloween yet, and Matt Ryan has been benched. Carson Wentz has not been benched. Matt Ryan has been benched. Uh, Now, look, I'm not here to throw a parade for Carson Wentz with the commanders, but I do find this funny. Of all of this praise for Matt Ryan, it is Matt Ryan who gets benched in the middle of October, not Carson Wentz. Uh, The other thing is this. How about the extent to which veteran quarterback acquisitions slash re-signings from this past NFL offseason have been flops, at least so far, okay? Things can always change. I get that. But Matt Ryan with the Colts, Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos, Baker Mayfield with the Carolina Panthers, Mitch Trubisky with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jameis Winston with the New Orleans Saints, Uh, You certainly could say Carson Wentz with the Commanders. We spent a lot of time on this podcast this past offseason discussing what the Commanders could, should, and would do at quarterback. It may well be that no move for a veteran quarterback would have worked. I mean, Marcus Mariota is doing some good things for the Atlanta Falcons, okay? But boy, these veteran quarterback acquisitions slash re-signings from this past NFL offseason, for the most part, have been big busts. It's crazy how everything old can be new again. The whole point of the commander's all-out search for a franchise quarterback this past offseason was to get someone better than Taylor Heineke. And now, here we are in the middle of October, and it may well be that the team is better off with Taylor Heineke at quarterback than with the supposed upgraded quarterback, Carson Wentz. Uh, How about running back? On Monday's show, episode 427 talked about how, right now, it may well be that Antonio Gibson and not Brian Robinson Jr. is the best running back on the Commanders, even though Robinson, this past preseason, supplanted Gibson as the team's number one running back. I still do think that you got to give Brian Robinson Jr. ample opportunity considering that he has only played in three NFL regular season games off, remember, having been shot multiple times in an incident in Washington, D.C. on August 28th. But yeah, I mean, it's not exactly slapping you across the face right now that Brian Robinson Jr. is the best running back on the team. Now, ultimately, the commander's running game in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon was good. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and fellow running back J.D. McKissick and receiver Curtis Samuel, uh, those four guys in the game combined for 36 carries for 162 yards. That works out to 4.5 yards per carry. The Commanders won the time of possession battle by 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, The Packers through week six, we're number 32 in the NFL dead last in run defense for Football Outsiders DVOA metric for the 2022 regular season. So the commanders in that game did adequately take advantage of a big weakness for the Packers. Uh, now, McKissick on Sunday afternoon was not much of a factor. He had one carry for four yards and no receptions on two targets, played on just 16% of the commander's offensive snaps. But we did get a pretty healthy mix of Brian Robinson Jr., and Antonio Gibson. Robinson had 20 carries for 73 yards and had two receptions for 13 yards on two targets and playing on 47% 
of the commander's offensive snaps. Gibson had 10 carries for 59 yards and had three receptions for 18 yards and a touchdown on four targets in playing on 39% of the commander's offensive snaps. And Gibson did a nice job as the commander's primary kickoff returner. Head coach Rod Rivera in his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday morning on if what we had in the win over the Packers in terms of running back usage is what Ron envisioned with Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick. Yes, for the most part, it, it is. But the other part, too, and, and, and this, this is one of the things that, you know, we also got to be continue to be aware of is, you know, we threw the ball to Antonio four times and, and, and three of them were, were big catches. One of them was for a touchdown. And the same thing for B-Rob. We got the ball twice into his hands for catches as well. So being able to use those guys, you know, as a one-two punch on first, second down, and then you bring J.D. McKissick in and, and, and you know, you get the ball in his hands and he can be very dynamic as well. So that that's along the lines of what we're, we've always envisioned and we always felt if we could have those three complementary backs – you know, your one-two punch, and then your 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 guy that comes in and, and can handle the passing situations. So the Commanders during their two-game winning streak have run the ball well in each game. Uh, not unlike what we saw during Washington's four-game winning streak last season. Although Antonio Gibson's yards per carry during the four-game winning streak last season actually wasn't that impressive, but Gibson now over the last two games, fifteen carries for ninety-four yards, six point two seven yards per carry. That's terrific. Rod Rivera on Monday morning on if there's something about Antonio Gibson's new role that makes him more effective. I think by, by the way he understands how he, he needs to run the ball and understanding even more so what the, the blocking scheme will allow him to do. Um, knowing how we're blocking a certain type of run um, I think helps him in terms of helping him to set up his blocks. Uh, I think those are things that he's learned over the last couple of years. Now that this being his third year, he seems to be even more much uh, much more effective with it. I think being able to to have somebody like Brian come in early and run the ball inside and and, and be physical, you know, it, it sets a tone for our our offensive line. And so the the that's how the tandem works is that you got one guy that can hammer it up inside, well, he's going to soften a little bit, and you bring a guy in that has the ability to go inside but can bounce it, and he bounces it a couple of times. Now it stretches the defense a little. And you come back, you hand the ball back off to Brian going inside, and all of a sudden there's a crease or two that wasn't there earlier. And again, that's kind of based on being able to mix those guys up. Interesting points there by Ron Rivera. By the way, here is how underwhelming the commander's rushing offense overall has been this season. Brian Robinson Jr.'s 73 rushing yards on Sunday afternoon were the most rushing yards by a Commanders player in a game so far in the 2022 regular season. 73 rushing yards. That's it. For comparison's sake, the NFL's leading rusher, Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb, he in this 2022 regular season has rushed for at least 87 yards in six of his seven games. He has rushed for at least 113 yards in four of his seven games. You know, by the way, who the Browns offensive line coach and the key mastermind of their running game is, don't you? Former Redskins offensive line coach and 2019 Skins interim head coach, Bill Callahan. Uh, the, <laughs> the man who during his time as Skins interim head coach in 2019 could not stop talking about the importance of the self-scout. Every NFL team, every team period, in some way or another, does a self-scout. Well, around the time of the Redskins bye week in that 2019 season, Bill Callahan would not shut up about doing a self-scout on the Skins. Go back into the self-scout, uh, coming off the self-scout. So as we delve and take a deep dive into the self-scout. Yes, Bill, we know the self-scout. Uh, boy, I have never heard someone talk up a self-scout as much as uh, Coach Cal did during his time as Skins interim head coach in 2019. But I tell you what, and you may well remember this, the Skins did run the ball effectively during Callahan's time as Skins interim head coach in 2019. Then Skins running back Adrian Peterson really got going during Bill Callahan's time as interim head coach in 2019. Up next, I'm talking commander's defense off comments from Ron Rivera on Monday morning, including the shocking excellence for the commander's defense on third downs 
this season. How and why is this happening? Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are big issues. A great way to ensure internet security and privacy is with a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a tool that encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP address and virtual location. A VPN significantly boosts your online privacy and security, and there's no VPN that's better than NordVPN. Uh, The setup is easy. The benefits are many. You can secure your online data from internet thieves and third parties. You won't need to worry about unsecure websites or unsecure apps anymore. You won't need to worry about being on public Wi-Fi anymore. All of your internet traffic will be routed through a remote server. So you can access websites that are restricted in your country. You can have access to sports from all over the world and can have access to, say, not just the U.S. version of Netflix, but also the United Kingdom's version of Netflix. Uh, Also, NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. And NordVPN allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. So here's what you do. Go to NordVPN dot com slash Al Galdi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and get a free month. That's NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So who knows what to expect from the Indianapolis Colts new starting quarterback Sam Ellinger in the Commanders game at the Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425, but this game sure would seem to have the potential to be a third consecutive game in which the commander's defense does quite well against the opposing starting quarterback. Week 6, the 12-7 win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. The commanders did allow Justin Fields to have 12 carries for 88 yards, but they also held him to just 14-27 passing for just 190 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and the Commanders finished with five sacks and 12 quarterback hits. Uh, Week 7, the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. The Commanders did allow Aaron Rodgers to have two touchdown passes versus no interceptions, and did generate no sacks and just one quarterback hit, but the Commanders also held Rodgers to just 194 yards on 35 pass attempts. That works out to just 5.54 yards per pass attempt. So what's going to happen against Sam Ellinger this Sunday? He'll be making his first career NFL regular season start, and he'll be facing a commander's defense that's playing well, especially from the perspective of third downs. The commanders this past Sunday afternoon held the Packers to 0 of 6 on third downs. The commanders through week 7 are number 2 in the NFL in lowest opponent's third down efficiency for the 2022 regular season, 29.55%. Opposing teams against the Commanders are a mere 26 of 88 
on third downs. Uh, This off Washington for the 2021 regular season being number 31 out of 32 NFL teams in lowest opponents third down efficiency at 48.5%. I mean, think about that from 48.5% to 29.6%. Here was head coach Rod Rivera during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday morning on why the commander's defense has been so good on third downs. Well, I think a big part has obviously been been um, how we've played on first and second down. Um, you know, not being in third and shorts as much, but being more in that third and medium to third and long. I think that helps, obviously. It helps with the pass rush. Um, and then I think oh, oh, the overall development of, of, of the young players in the secondary, in the, in, in the back seven. I, I think that's been something that's been really good. Um, I do like the way uh, Jack is using uh, the personnel groupings that we have. Um, you know, he, he does a great job of mixing those personnel groupings, whether it's it's four down with, with two linebackers, it's four down with one linebacker, uh, it, it's, it's four down with, uh, with uh, two linebackers and a buffalo, it's four down, two linebackers, and a nickel. Um, I think being able to mix those different groups in and, and using them accordingly has been very good. I mean, I think he's done a great job, and kudos to, to what, what Jack and his staff have done for us as far as uh, being you know, so, so vastly improved in that area. I know it was something that he worked on and, and they emphasized throughout the offseason. A lot of praise from Rod Rivera right there for defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and his assistants. That was a theme during Ron's presser on Monday morning. How about this from Ron on the defensive game plan from Jack and his assistants for the win over the Packers? Kudos to what what our 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 defensive staff planned out and how they stuck to it. Um, I thought, you know, going into a game and 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 saying we were gonna we were gonna attack them. With a four-man rush, for the most part, that, that was, I thought, pretty courageous. Um, but just shows the confidence we have in the back seven, and the ability to play the run with a light box. I thought was uh, was 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 pretty stout. That, that there were a lot of good things that uh, did come out of it. Yes, there were. Uh, the commander's defensive line, even with edge defender Chase Young on the reserve, physically unable to perform list, and even with interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis on the reserve injured list is playing at a high level, and in two ways in particular, and Ron Rivera just hit on them. A, generating substantial pressure without having to blitz all that often, and B, stopping the run. Uh, The commanders have been really good against the run this season. So it was only about a month ago that the commander's defense was a big concern, right? The defense did not play well in the loss at the Detroit Lions in Week 2. This also happens to be the commander's last game without safety Cameron Curl. Uh, Cam was inactive for each of the commander's first two games of the 2022 regular season due to a right thumb injury that he suffered in the preseason loss at the Kansas City Chiefs on August 20th. By the way, what is up with all of these finger injuries for commander's players in the year 2022? Cam Curl, right tackle Samuel Cosme, quarterback Carson Wentz, Uh, Anyway, Cam Curl is a nice player. His overall grade for Pro Football Focus for the 2022 regular season is 84.5. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, The commander's defense has been a lot better since Curl made his 2022 regular season debut. Ron Rivera on Monday morning on how much of the commander's defensive improvement has been about Cam Curl. Well, I think that's part of it, but I also think it's also the maturation of some of our players, some of our younger guys that, that are on the field now playing a little bit more. I think Jamin is playing better. Um, you see Cole Holcomb is, is feeling even more and more comfortable as the middle linebacker. Um, I think we're continuing to get very steady play from from Jonathan and and, and, and the other DTs. I think Duran has, has, has elevated his game as well. Um, you know, And then the pressures we've been getting from the outside guys have been really good. Um, I, th- I think the, uh, the secondary is, 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 is very solid right now. I think, as I said, some of the young guys have really stepped up and they're starting to play well. So let's talk about some of these young commanders, defensive players who are doing well. You heard Ron Rivera early in that cut that I just played for you mention linebacker Jamin Davis. Jamin was the highest graded commander's defensive player for pro football focus for the win over the Packers. Uh, he registered an overall grade of 71 Uh, Now, that's not a great grade, but that was the highest grade for any commander's defensive player 
in the game. And Jamin did make some big plays. Packers' fifth offensive drive resulted in a late second quarter punt. The first snap of the drive, the snap right before the first half, two-minute warning. Jamin Davis tackled running back Aaron Jones for a loss of five yards on a first and ten reception. Uh, a lot of first, second, and third-year players are contributing on the commander's defense right now. Jamin Davis, edge defenders James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill, interior defensive lineman John Ridgeway. Uh, how about the secondary? I uh, talked about Cam Curl. You also have corners Benjamin St. Juice and Rashad Wild Goose and safety Derek Forrest. All four of those guys played a lot in the win over the Packers. Uh, Curl played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. St. Juice played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. Wild Goose played on 70% of the commander's defensive snaps, and Forrest played on 72% of the commander's defensive snaps. Rod Rivera on Monday morning on what is fueling this development of the commander's younger defensive backs. I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I think, again, you, you know, you, you got to have coaches that can, that can teach the material. Um, you got players that, that, that are more than willing to do what it takes to learn and grow and develop. I think that's important as well. And they compete with each other. You know, they do. I mean, you, you've got, you, you know, you've got your veteran out there with Bobby trying to be kind of a little bit of air traffic controller, but then you've got these young guys that are biting at everybody's heels to get playing time and trying to find ways to get them out there so they can grow and develop. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, we, we can't forget is that the only way a guy develops is if you play him. You know, we've got, we've got the same situation as a couple of other guys we want to get on the field as well. And it's hard to right now because the veterans are starting to play really well. Um, you know, but again, you look at the tight end position, obviously, you know, Cole, um, you know, getting the concussion. But, you know, having guys ready to go, having, you know, Mari ready to play. And, and, and he made a couple of big catches that were, were, were big pluses for us. Um, so having young guys in position to play has been good. And Rod Rivera does believe that the commander's defense still can be better. And he's right. It can still be better. Uh, more from Ron on Monday morning. I think this team is still has potential for growth. I mean, there are some things you go back and watch on, on tape and you see it. Um, there were a couple instances, you know, uh, in point with the defense is that we got a couple of guys that still have to understand how to fit, whether you're fitting versus the run or you're playing your leverage fit in coverage. Um, those are things that young guys have to learn, and the only way they can learn that and understand is through experience, is being on the field and understanding, you know, that, hey, when we're playing this coverage, my leverage is this side, so I fit here, and if it's run, I've got to play it downhill and fit there. If it's pass, i got to stay to this side. Why? Because the leverage tells me my help is inside, or my leverage tells me my help is outside. Those are things that young guys learn through experience, and hopefully they'll learn quicker and, and, and be even better at it. Yeah, I mean, two other ways in which the commander's defense can be better are takeaways and penalties. So the commanders for the 2022 regular season are tied for last in the NFL with four takeaways, and two of the takeaways are special teams takeaways. Uh, also, still way too many costly penalties by the commander's defense. Heck, penalties could have cost the commanders the win on Sunday afternoon. The commander's defense committed multiple costly penalties, including four major penalties, three of which were accepted on that key fourth quarter Packers touchdown drive. Uh, that one drive included Benjamin St. Juice committing a third and three, four-yard illegal use of hands penalty. Edge defender Montez Sweat committing a third and six, five-yard illegal use of hands penalty. And then on a second and five for the Packers, at the Commanders 39, interior defensive lineman Duran Payne committed a roughing the passer penalty that was declined, and corner Kendall Fuller committed an 18-yard pass interference penalty that was accepted. And note, uh, those are some veterans who I just mentioned committing those penalties there. Montez Sweat, Duran Payne, and Kendall Fuller. But still, the bottom line is the Commanders' defense right now is playing at a high level. A good start for the Capitals to their four-game road trip. They improved to 4-3-0 with a 6-3 win 
at the New Jersey Devils on Monday night. So the Caps, since their 0-2 and 0 start to the 2022-2023 NHL regular season, now are 4-1 and 0. And they're doing this while missing four key forwards due to injury. Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, and Carl Haglin. A big second period for the Caps on Monday night. The Caps won the second period 4-0. Won the game despite getting walloped in the puck possession battle. The Caps, per natural stat trick, had just 33 five-on-five shot attempts to the Devils' 55, including just seven five-on-five high-danger shot attempts to the Devils' 17. The Caps for the game totaled just 22 shots on goal to the Devils' 41. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was the Caps' starting goaltender on Monday night, and uh, he earned his money with what he had to face. He was a Caps' starting goaltender for the second time in seven games in the 2022-2023 NHL regular season, and he stopped 38 of the 41 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, Lindgren, per natural stat trick, stopped eight of the 11 high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped all 12 of the medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped all 17 of the low danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, really good night for the Caps on special teams. The Caps went 4-4 on the penalty kill and had a shorthanded goal. The Caps went 1-3 on the power play. Before we get to the shorty, uh, Ford Alex Ovechkin had the power play goal. It came 17-14 into the second period on what else? A one-timer from the OV office that is the left circle. Uh, Ovechkin on Monday night also had a game-high tying five shots on goal, and he finished number two on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 50. Uh, the Caps five-on-five shot attempt percentage numbers were not pretty, uh, but Ovi was number two on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 12 shot attempts versus allowing 12 shot attempts. But that Ovechkin second period power play goal, it proved to be the game winning goal, giving Alex Ovechkin 122 career regular season game winning goals and moving him past the great Gordie Howe for number two for the most game winning regular season goals in NHL history. This was another milestone goal for Alex Ovechkin. By the way, ex cap Yarmir Yager is number one with 135 career regular season game-winning goals. So that is a record that Ovechkin should be breaking. Uh, here was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his post-game session with reporters on Monday night on yet another milestone goal for the great eight. It's, it's a first for me. You know, somebody hands you a piece of paper on every milestone that he passes each night. It's um, unbelievable. You know, that's it's it's when you stand the test of time. Um, you know, over 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 the the years, he's been able just to constantly contribute offensively and score goals. And I guess if you do it well enough and long enough, you're gonna you're gonna bring down some milestones. And so we, you know, we give it a quick shout at the end of the game when things like that happen. But that's a pretty impressive milestone. Yes, it is. Also impressive is what forward Connor Sheary is doing. He on Monday night scored yet another goal. Uh, this time a shorty. Uh, yes, Shiri had a shorty. Uh, he had a second period shorthanded goal for his team leading fourth goal of the 2022-2023 regular season. Uh, the Connor Shiri shorthanded goal came 10-03 into the second period as he in the Caps offensive zone intercepted a pass, skated into the slot and unleashed a snapshot that beat Devils goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood, who by the way got pulled after two periods in favor of former Caps goaltender Vitek Vanacek. Uh, also, the Caps out hit the Devils 31-13. The Caps have been doing a nice job of being physical in games, and a big part of the Caps out hitting the Devils 31-13 was the work of forward Beck Malenstein, who made his 2022-2023 NHL regular season debut, and he was good. Uh, he was inserted into the Caps lineup as a winger on the fourth line with center Nick Dowd and forward Garnett Hathaway, and Malenstein had a game-high six hits, to go with a first period primary assist. Uh, he did commit a second period tripping minor, but this was Peter Laviolette during his postgame session with reporters on Monday night on Beck Malenstein. I made the switch. It's not it's not so much anything about a person who might have come out of the lineup. It's just it's almost like that role is built for him and that's his game. He's a checker and he's a defender and he can chip in offensively and you know he did everything that we asked him to do. All right, next up for the Caps at the Dallas Stars, Thursday night at 8.30.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 429, will feature a special guest talking commanders, former Old Dominion head football coach Bobby Wilder, who was quarterback Taylor Heineke's collegiate head coach, will go in depth on the performance of Taylor in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. Coach Wilder is great at talking X's and O's, understands Taylor's game exceptionally well. Uh, Also on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Wizards. Uh, They on Tuesday night are home to the Detroit Pistons at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. If Taylor proves to be, you know, the, the effective quarterback for you all and grabs this starting job in the coming weeks, uh-huh. will there be like a little bit of conflict almost knowing what you invested in Carson and, and maybe having Taylor prove to be the more successful guy? Not necessarily. I think this is about playing one game at a time, focusing on one game at a time. And when we get to that position, then I'll, then I'll deal with it. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com